You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. The failure of drug war is glaringly obvious to judges, cops, wardens, prosecutors, and millions more now calling for decriminalization, legalization, the end of prohibition. Let us investigate the century of lies. Hello, and welcome to Century of Lies. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. Mike Crawford is a journalist located in Massachusetts. He's host and founder of the award-winning podcast, The Young Jerks, and a longtime writer and contributor with Dig Boston, covering politics and culture and weed. He's also on Zoom with me right now. Mike, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Doug. I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show. I should have had you on long before this. Well, better late than never. Now, before we get started, um, tell the listeners a little about yourself. I'm a 20-plus year cannabis reform advocate, started out uh, going to the Boston Freedom Rally, Mass Can Normal, the Hemp Fest, as it's called. And uh, within a few years, I was, you know, basically helping run uh, the organization and the Freedom Rally and the booking of the bands and did a decade of fundraisers for them and a lot of politics, a lot of activism. And I started uh, blogging. I had a website called MikeCan.net. And uh, somewhere along the line, uh, I met my girlfriend who did a lot of radio. She did a lot of professional radio. And she was hired by an internet streaming company to create some shows. And she decided myself and the uh, co-founder of Mass Can, Steve Epstein, would be a good uh, first podcast. So that's how I started with uh, podcasting and shows. And it just evolved from there. Uh, the Young Jerks has been around for eight years now. We've interviewed, uh, you know, we, we focus on Massachusetts and local politics. I always feel like if you get something done in your backyard or in your state, then other people will notice it where they're at and they'll do the same thing. And it's really worked well for us with cannabis, decrim, medical, legal. We were all part of those campaigns. And we've interviewed quite a few politicians since then. Uh, U.S. Attorney uh, Rachel Rollins, first uh, district attorney, black female district attorney, and in Boston, uh, and we've also interviewed uh, U.S. Senator Ed Markey and several Congress reps, a lot of mayors, a lot of city councils, a lot of state and local reps. Uh, and we focus a lot on the cannabis issue and specifically over the last five years, the, the worker issue, the cannabis worker issue. Because we started hearing uh, five years ago from workers in cultivation sites about the danger the toxic environments where they were getting sick from the from the air. And uh, we we reported on it. We had a number of them on our show. Uh, no one seemed to notice, even though we got huge numbers on a lot of those podcasts, a lot of audience, but a lot of the Boston media didn't pick up on it, didn't push it, except for Dig Boston. You know, we did a story with Dig Boston on it. But uh, for the most part, the rest of the media didn't notice it or didn't seem to want to publish anything that was anti-cannabis at that point because, you know, I think a lot of the Boston media got labeled as anti-cannabis because they were for so long. And when it got legalized, suddenly they wanted to be more cheerleaders for the for the industry, which is great. And they did a lot of positive stories, but I feel like they didn't want to look reefer mad in a lot of those respects, even though this is not a reefer mad story and it's coming from people like myself who are pro-cannabis who have been pro-cannabis for 20 years, who have worked on cannabis laws. I was arrested right before the decrim campaign. So I was on TV talking about my arrest 
So that's how far, you know, it goes back for me for cannabis. I'm pro cannabis, but I feel like this worker safety issue needs to be addressed or it's really going to hurt the cannabis industry in the long run. And more recently this year, you know, after we had all of these employees on in 2000, uh, 2020, no, 2018, and then two years later in 2020, we had a new group of employees at the same dispensary, New England Treatment Access, talking about the same issues with the air and some other dispensaries, too, we covered. But the New England Treatment Access employees, they predicted that someone was probably going to die in, in one of the dispensaries if something wasn't done. And then in 2022 comes this this year. We realized that someone did die and she was 27 years old. And her name is Lorna. And we've become really close to some of the family members and her co-workers. And we broke the story and it just went viral. I've never seen a story have such legs like this one did. I guess someone had to die for them to finally cover it. But it got covered nationally probably a dozen times before the Boston media started picking on up, picking up on it, too. But uh, it, it, it's been covered quite a bit. People can do a Google search. But she's a true leave worker in Holyoke, Massachusetts, that uh, in November of 2021 collapsed at her workplace taken out by ambulance, having breathing tra- problems. She's someone who had used cannabis for her, you know, basically her whole, her whole adult life. And suddenly she wasn't able to, to use it. She wasn't able to smoke it. She wasn't able to breathe. And she had quite a few posts about this on her Facebook page to her friends, her friends only Facebook page. And then in January, she collapsed again. Same issue. Another ambulance ride from the Trulu location in Holyoke. And this time she didn't make it home. She died in that hospital. And she's 27 years old and we still don't know why. You know, a lot of people have speculated it could be mold, which definitely, you know, we, we've, conf- we've heard from employees there, uh, just like a lot of the big dispensaries, that there is mold in that building, in that Trulu Holyoke location. Uh, there's also people questioning whether it could have been pesticides, but there's also a concern that it could just be high particle count, lack of proper ventilation. There's also some folks that bring up allergy, that allergy is a big thing that comes into play for cannabis when you're working around it in a heavy industrial indoor cultivation site. So we don't know. We really don't know. The family doesn't know. There there was a, uh, you know, a cause of death done, but, you know, still really don't know. And that's the issue for me. And I think a lot of the workers is that we don't know. And the industry and the regulators don't seem to want to know. These were, of course, these weren't, of course, concerns back uh, 30 years ago because we didn't have production on this kind of a scale. We didn't have all of this is new territory. Okay, so scandal ridden company out of Florida, True Leave, doing business up there in Massachusetts. And um, I've looked, I little research. The True Leave, I guess, reached an agreement with OSHA, the Federal Occupational Health and Safety Administration. They agreed to pay the feds. It's uh, $14,502 over a few workplace safety violations. They have a settlement calling for True Leave to basically do more training of its employees, which kind of sounds like they're putting the blame on the workers for may have been an unsafe workplace. But of course, that is just my opinion. Um, what do you think of the settlement that they reached? Well, I think it's uh, it's positive and negative. You know, I think that the fourteen thousand dollar number 
for the family and friends that I speak to, they feel like that's an insult, like that her life was only worth that much. So there's that angle. But I also think it's good that they are actually doing what you mentioned, the education, because we know that those employees weren't educated on the risks. They had no idea. They had no idea that they could die at work from this stuff. So that's a good first step, in my opinion. Do we trust Trulief to to actually do that? I'm not so sure. I mean, it's really hard to trust anything that Trulief does based on the track record. Uh, Kim Rivers, the CEO, her husband is in federal jail for fraud. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, that's her husband. And if you look into that, which we have looked into, she was definitely connected in that whole scandal. Uh, She was totally tied to the two main players. So one was her husband and one was the other, uh, the the head of uh, Tallahassee there, the city manager. So she's totally, you know, and if you look at the company, just, you know, do a Google search on their Better Business Bureau ratings. We've had calls from inside the house from their customer service in Florida complaining that the the workers are actually calling us complaining about how badly truly treats customers. So this is a company that like doesn't, you know, they do a bait and switch. (laughs) They basically offer deals and discounts and you get to the store and they're not available. And it's a consistent problem that truly has. And if you look at the Better Business uh, Bureau reviews, you'll see that. They've been sued by employees several times. Like, this is a company that I don't trust. So it's tough for me to think that they're going to provide the education. And there's also a part of this where they are required to actually study and find out if uh, cannabis dust can be considered a hazardous chemical, which is a strange, I don't think it's a chemical. I just, you know, let's find out what's killing people. That, that, that's what it should be. But, you know, at least something's being done. I hope that this also kind of puts a microscope on True Leaf so that if True Leaf does any shady stuff related to what OSHA is asking them to do, that they're you know brought to justice on it. Because, you know, I, I think this is a wake up call for the industry. I hope that they realize that because when we talked to OSHA five years ago, when the first complaints were filed from employees at another dispensary, we talked to OSHA and they weren't prepared for this. Now it seems like OSHA is prepared to actually start looking at this as the serious concern that it is. So I'm both, you know, optimistic, but also a little pessimistic too on it. But I don't think it's the end. I think that there's a lot more justice that could come from Lorna, both through the Cannabis Control Commission, but especially through civil lawsuit. You mentioned True Leaves um, had a few, uh, had a few, um, let's say interesting issues i was just reading a uh, piece here from a tallahassee uh website the capitalist talking about uh, florida-based true leave uh became the nation's biggest cannabis retailer after it closed a 2.1 billion dollar merger with its former competitor harvest health and uh the florida agriculture commissioner nikki freed quote has has some regulatory oversight of the medical marijuana inst- industry while she is deeply enmeshed in what can only be described as a glaring conflict of interest for is not only in an ongoing romantic relationship with jake bergman a marijuana industry investor and former executive but she also has a more direct tie to true leave in the form of stock ownership with its newly acquired asset harvest health and recreation um end quote and of course true leave is also very uh very involved in the legalization effort down in florida according to Creative Loafing Tampa Bay, True Leave has spent 
$15 million, contributed $15 million to the Smart and Safe Florida Political Committee, which is trying to get an initiative on the 2024 ballot. And that is all but $124.58 of the committee's money to date, or at least by the time that was published last month. So they certainly do have a lot of money they're throwing around. They certainly do, and they are connected. Like you said, Nikki Freed, one of the top Democrats, she's the top elected Democrat in the, st- in the state government of Florida. And on the Republican side, that Harvest Company has some uh, top dog Republicans in it, too. So it's like they're connected to, you know, the DeSantis wing of the Republican Party in Florida, as well as, you know, the the, the Democrats. So it's like they have cover in Florida. They own that state. That's why they're number one there. Uh, just from the get-go, and it's uh, there's a lot of money going around. It is true. It is true. And not as much as people thought, I guess, from looking, uh, again, I was doing a little research. The uh, state of Massachusetts is looking at price drops. The um, when, I, when I was working at the Berkeley Patients Group back about, good God, 13, 14 years ago, wow, um, the, uh, the, uh, the top shelf weed at the time was um, uh, running at $480 an ounce. Um, that's before taxes. That's, that's, that, that's without putting on the sales tax, 480 for an ounce. Now, I haven't been down there to Cali for quite a while, but I'm up here in Oregon, and um, you'd be hard-pressed to find something for 300 an ounce up here in Oregon. The, uh, in fact, you can find quite a lot down below 200. You can find ounces for about 100 if you look, and um, quality's not all that bad, frankly. Um, what's, what's the industry looking? I mean, like I said, the, yeah. people got sold the idea of this multi-billion dollar industry with dollar signs flashing in people's eyes, the illegal market prices and the illegal market profits. Um, bringing in a lot of these, a uh, lot of investors. Um, what's actually happening to the market up there? It's interesting because what, you, what you've seen is the largest companies have dominated the market for the longest time. And especially in terms of uh, the supply, you know, who is supplying all the new stores that we're opening. It's the same half dozen companies, you know, and most of their products are inferior Myself, I, I don't really shop in Massachusetts. I live in Massachusetts, but I travel to Maine. I have a medical card. I go up to Maine. Maine has consistently always had a, a cheaper price than Massachusetts. Now I, I would say the prices are very comparable, and especially when you include gas and travel time. It's probably not worth it economy-wise for me to continue to go to Maine, but I still do, and it's because of the quality. The quality in Maine is so much better than Massachusetts I don't know what's what the what the issue is here, but the prices have dropped, which is good finally. But I f- still feel like the the quality is not up to par in Massachusetts. Uh, that may be changing. There's a lot more. What's happening now is that there's a lot more cultivation companies opening. So I think the monopoly has finally kind of been broken. I, I think those five or six companies were working together to keep prices up, you know. And so I think what you're seeing now. Prices are dropping and competition is rising. Before, the only competition was really Maine and the street. And in Maine, people needed a medical card and to have a card to drive up there. Now what you're seeing in Massachusetts, you know, a lot of the adult use that is open in Massachusetts, a lot of them were serving who? Uh, tourists, number one, which, you know, you have a lot of tourists in Boston. But they're also serving some other tourists on the border of New York, Connecticut, and uh, even Rhode Island. 
those are going away. Like New York and Connecticut now have their own stores. No, people used to they were driving hours to go to Massachusetts legal stores. So Massachusetts is getting some interstate commerce uh, competition, and you're also having a lot more cultivators go online. What's going to be interesting to to see is who survives this. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the folks that were late to the game, who are the smaller players who wanted to get rich and were hoping that this was their chance, are going to be the ones that have to shut down and sell out, you know, to big cannabis first. So I think that's what we're going to start to see here, which is going to be kind of sad, but it's kind of good for the consumers for once. At least the prices are coming down. This is my conversation with Mike Crawford. He's a journalist and host of the Young Jerks podcast. We'll hear more in a moment. You're listening to Century of Lies. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. The legacy market, as as we refer to it these days, people who you know the 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 no, the, the illegal market, as to be a little more blunt about it, is that still in, does that still exist up there in up there in Mass? I think it has, but I think it's changed a lot too. You know, I think up in Massachusetts, we're at a unique position because you can grow anyone can grow not every state allows you to grow 12 plants at home with no license so we do have that uh you can grow six you know six to each adult in the household up to two adults so you can grow up to 12 plants if you have two adults in the house now with a medical license you could actually probably grow more plants than that it's kind of a, a gray area on the law i don't want to get into the specifics but you're able to grow so i think a lot of people do grow for themselves and maybe a few friends um However, I think that there obviously still is the old illicit market exists. I think it's funny sometimes that I notice quite a bit actually now is that a lot of the old illicit market guys used to import cannabis from California. We used to call them Cali packs. Now what they do, a lot of them, is they drive up to Maine and they buy it in bulk and they drive it down to Massachusetts, which, you know, is basically what a lot of consumers are doing too. And it, it's all illegal. Even if when, when I go up to Maine to get my cannabis, I'm not supposed to cross that state line. I'm supposed to consume it all in Maine and never bring it back to Massachusetts. But we know that a lot of consumers do that. And I think that a lot of the uh, old school street guys are doing that too. People do that with alcohol, for heaven's sake. You have high taxes in one state. You have lower taxes in another state. People will make the run across the line and buy their run, buy their liquor, buy their beer. And um, as long as it's, you know, just a person doing it for themselves and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, clubbing in with a friend or two, it's not a big deal. When people are, if it's a caterer, you know, who's um, who's buying the uh, the liquor and the wine for some kind of big event, the uh, the authorities get a little more. A little more irritating. Oh, you're there, and there have been some arrests, no doubt about it. So anyone considering doing it, be very careful. They're looking for you on the highway, <laughs> New Hampshire especially. <laughs> uh, uh, so these, day, these days, instead of looking for the, uh, for the hippie with the microbus and the Grateful Dead sticker, they're looking for the business-looking dude in the, uh, in the dark Lexus. Cool. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Uh, um. Let's get back to Lorna, um, Lorna McMurray. Um, you uh, you have a uh, you started a petition with Change.org, as I recall. Yes. Um, talk to me about the petition. Uh, we started that uh, just like thirty six hours ago, um, and the reasoning behind it right now is that you know we really were pushing hard with the show with the podcast and getting a lot of traction on you know asking the Cannabis Control Commission to do something for once about this stuff. 
And we did hear, and we also asked, you know, some of our listeners and some of the friends and coworkers of Lorna to contact cannabis control commissioners. And so we started to hear back from some of them. And we have, you know, a series of demands that we wanted. Some of them actually did talk to us and told us what is probably possible and what might not be possible. So, you know, at this point, we don't want to continue to like really attack them at this point because we're we're trying to get something done right and, and they're hopefully listening so we decided the best way that we could do this is you know to continue to kind of raise the issue raise the demands let people know what we're asking for and also continue to support the cannabis control commissioners that are probably on our side and, and kind of put some pressure on the ones that are on the fence and so we came up with this petition on change.org and it's a very simple ask. We're asking them to take uh, cannabis worker safety, make it a priority, and to look at you know studying what's causing these issues, and to even go beyond that to set up a hotline so that employees that are having issues at work related to worker safety can have a confidential anonymous phone line that they can call in directly to the Cannabis Control Commission, and the Cannabis Control Commission are going to take it seriously. So we're hoping that they will set up a hotline that they'll run some employee surveys to see what the issues are and hire some, you know, scientists to really find out what are the issues? How do we fix this? How do we protect workers at cannabis cannabis, uh, cultivation sites in Massachusetts? And that is really what the petition is asking for. And so far it's been great. We've gotten like a huge response. I think we're up over 160 people already, which uh, we met our first goal, the first hundred signatures in the first 24 hours and so we're just hoping that we get to the next goal, which is 200 signatures, and we go from there. But we're happy with the response. We're seeing a lot of people sharing it. We're seeing even people donate money to, to get it advertised on change.org. So, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's a great thing right now that we're happy to see the community is rallying behind this and supporting it. I know if people want to find that um, petition so that they can uh, yep. give their support, they would, I mean, change.org and then search for... Lorna McMurray, of course, M C M U R R E Y. Um, but um, do you also is, is, do you have a website as well? Where how can people? Find uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm glad you said uh, change dot org slash Lorna McMurray. That's the shortcut you get right there. So just use the backslash, and if you even just do a uh, search on change dot org for you know uh, worker uh, safety, uh, cannabis worker safety, it'll pop right up, or just Lorna McMurray, it will pop right up. And it's McMurray's with an E Y. I'm, I'm old, right. you know. My three yeah, sons, yeah. Fred McMurray, spelled yes. different. Yeah, it's M C M U R R E Y E Y. Let's go back to your show. Tell me more about the Young Jerks. Uh, yeah, we've been around for quite a while. We we used to do a studio show, which was fun. I mean, we had quite a you know cast of characters and a bunch of different you know folks who would always come in and been fun. You know, we've we've done a lot of cannabis work. Uh, some of the most proudest things I'm proud of is like, you know, Tito Jackson, uh, city councilor in Boston, the city of Boston, when he was running for mayor, challenging the incumbent uh, Democratic mayor, Marty Walsh. Uh, during that campaign, Tito kept coming back on the show. And there was one show where Tito, who is now actually a dispensary owner, uh, Tito was totally pro cannabis, where Marty Walsh really hasn't been at all. <laughs> And Tito and I were really, you know, pushing Marty Walsh on it and on the show. And that show really, like, you know, drove numbers. That day, 
Tito had come on a bunch of times, but that was like the most listened to interview ever with Tito. People were just, everyone was all about it. And within two or three days, Marty Walsh had all of a sudden decided that he wasn't going to block the adult use cannabis in Boston. And, uh, you know, Tito came back on like a month later. It was like, you know, that show, you this show changed cannabis policy in Boston. And those are the types of things that make me proud. You know, we've won some awards. You know, we've had some big names on the show. But for me, it's when we we get something done. You know, and you can look at it and say, no, that's like, that's Tito Jackson, city councilor who knows what's going on. You know, so that that's what I'm most proud of is when we get something done, when we get something positive done, like and the bitty, biggest city of, you know, the state of Massachusetts that should not be blocking cannabis. Their mayor finally sees the light and says, if I don't do something positive for these cannabis guys, I might actually lose this election. So those are the moments that that really make me proud of the show. Tell me how to find um, how do people find you and how do people find the young jerks? You got a website, social media. What is that? Uh, we got everything. Social media on Twitter and Facebook. It's at the Young Jerks, and we spell jerks J U R K S. Uh, we can also find us on iTunes, YouTube, all those. You know, pretty much anywhere you stream or listen to a podcast, you can find us and follow us. That's the best way. We also have a website called MidnightMass.substack.com where I do a lot of my writing. I don't write as much anymore. Dig Boston, I wrote there like every week for like probably 10 years at one point. Uh, lately, I don't think I've done a story for them for over a year. Like I wouldn't even consider myself a real contributor with them. I love them. They're my people. Uh, they're, they're a great publication in Boston. I just don't have enough time you know, often to commit to writing. Writing is very laborious. So mostly what you'll find is the Young Jerks uh, podcast on iTunes. Best place to follow us. You'll, you'll get everything there. Anything that's going on. You'll get it on the iTunes. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those other places. We do the live streams, and then we put them up on the podcast. Sometimes we just do a podcast, though. So if you want everything, go to iTunes, The Young Jerks. And uh, do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? I would uh, say, you know, for, for our listeners, I, I would say no matter what you're doing, just, you know, if you enjoy it and it's a passion, follow it. Uh, you never know where it's going to go. That's my number one thing is just follow whatever is making you, uh, you know, g giving you those right feelings. Uh, but longer term on this issue, I would tell people to keep up, you know, keep up the fight. Please sign the petition uh, no matter where you are. If you're, you know, in a legal state, this is an issue, I guarantee you. And if you want to know how you can help, go talk to some cannabis dispensary workers, especially if you're a journalist. You'll find the stories, especially if there's big cultivation happening. Um, that's my thing. You know, make sure that uh, workers are being protected and uh, continue to bring up this issue no matter where you are. And, you know, with your city councilors, with your state reps, with, you know, local government, they need to be aware of this issue and, and make sure that they know that you're not anti-cannabis. I don't want cannabis to go away. You know, I think a lot of these, you know, the Sam people, for instance, are starting to carry my which bothers me. And that's kind of why I feel like we have a responsibility as cannabis advocates to bring this up because if we don't raise it, the SAM people are going to raise it, you know? So let's fix it before it becomes a bigger issue is my thing. 
That was my conversation with Mike Crawford. He's a journalist located in Massachusetts and host of the award-winning podcast, The Young Jerks. Once again, the petition that we were discussing can be found at change.org slash Lorna McMurray. That's change.org slash L-O-R-N-A-M-C-M-U-R-R-E-Y. And for now, that's it. Thank you for joining us. This has been Century of Lies. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. Many thanks to my guest, Mike Crawford. And thanks especially to you, dear listener, for your support. You make it all worth it. And you make it all possible. Please, remember to support your local community radio station. Find this edition of Century along with an archive of past shows at the Drug Truth Network website, drugtruth.net. You'll find a link there to subscribe to the Century of Lies podcast. We'll be back in a week with 30 more minutes of news and information about drug policy and the failed war on drugs. For now, this is Doug McVeigh saying so long. So long! For the Drug Truth Network, this is Doug McVeigh asking you to examine our policy of drug prohibition, the century of lies. Drug Truth Network programs archived at the James A. Baker III Institute for Public Policy. Thank you.